Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. Uh, my name is Jose. I am uh, the lead pastor here and together with my wife, Becky, our friends, our staff, we want to welcome you and I hope you enjoy this time. On the way out, there is a connect card we want you to sign. Please sign it, sign it, fill it out. Um, it's just real simple things, just your name and an email. And I reach out to you personally just to say hello. I promise, I promise. Not doing anything else other than saying hello. <laughs> All right, there's nothing to freak out about. <laughs> I promise, promise. So uh, friends and, and family all month in November, I don't know. Uh, who's, who's already invited someone out to your home for dinner? Anybody? Anybody? Okay. Somebody's working on it? All right. I got to meet, I got to meet with some of the young adults, came out to the house. Sunday, we cooked a delicious meal. I did my, um, my famous uh, mashed potatoes. It's something I do. I do it with my feet. I mash, I mash the potatoes with my feet. And it's holy feet. It's holy feet. Delicious. Delicious. And then I handed it to them, and they loved it. They were licking their fingers. I was like, this is delicious. They ain't never tasted anything like this. I was like, it's a secret. It's a family recipe. I learned it from my dad. So uh, we enjoyed it. So know that if you get an invite, you're going to get some feet mashed potatoes. <laughs> so all right. So uh, all month, we're celebrating friendship. We're celebrating friendship. And this is our, this is our focus all month. And um, this coming Friday is our To Our Better uh, Friends Given. This is all for our couples. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be this Friday. But as we continue on this series this morning, um, we started last week a series called The Friend Jesus Loves. The Friend Jesus Loves. And all of this started from a question that the Coopers posed uh, in one of our morning uh Huddles, uh, our volunteers, we meet here every Sunday in the morning early before the service as we're getting things in, in, uh, uh, ready for the service. The, the Coopers posed the question, uh, what, was the, what was the question? Because then you didn't come back the following Sunday. <laughs> you left us with the question and you didn't come back. Well, what was the question? You remember? Are you a good friend? Are you a good friend? That was the question. Are you a good friend? And then she didn't show up the next Sunday. <laughs> so she dropped it on us. And then left us to figure that out. Are you a good friend? And then just kind of walked off. And yeah, but um, but but that question kind of stirred up this conversation. Hey, friendship. And so last week, my heart was to spend a little time hearing Jesus speak on this topic from a place of compassion, equality amongst believers. As too many times, our our own prejudice our own preconceived feelings of how we feel about particular people, particular, a particular race or a gender. And sometimes this limits us to experience and having the opportunities that come from God and yes, from God to receive the miracles that God has placed in some of these people, but yet because you are too shallow to look outside of your preferred, your preferred preferences, you don't receive what God has for you. 
because it's not coming from the hands that you prefer or from the people that you prefer. And, and, and you know, what we have learned is that miracles don't necessarily come from a particular people, a race, a gender. We can't, you know, we can't open our hands or our hearts to what God has for us. And a lot of times it's just because of us. We get in the way. We get in the way. And last week we were learning that healing and care and recovery for a Jewish man in the Bible that was beaten half to death happened from the hands of what the victim himself may have considered a despised Samaritan. You remember the story? That's what we talked about, the good Samaritan. But in reality, we have changed the name to the good Samaritan. But in scripture, in scripture, when Jesus told the story, Jesus himself said a despised Samaritan. So I don't know what area in your life God is working on today. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe it's in your neighborhood or in your place of employment or your business. But I want you to know that if you are a follower of Jesus, you are expected to see past age, race, ethnicity, gender, status when we are loving the people that God loves. I want us to begin this morning uh, with this chat that I want to have with a statement that I want to share with you quickly, and I hope this statement sticks with you. I, um, as I was having uh, dinner on Friday with, with, with the guys, um, it was beautiful to see the, the different age groups. And to see where they are and then to see where we are and to see that, yes, there was a gap between us in age. There's a big gap between us in age. However, we were all learning from each other. We were all sharing. We were all listening to each other's stories. And, and, and we were good. We were, I, was, I, I ended up my friendship uh, exchange by 9 o'clock. They hung up till 2 o'clock in the morning. You know, that's what they do. Um, but I was done. I was done by nine o'clock. But they hung out to, um, especially Brian um, and 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 Isaac. Yeah, they stuck around to two o'clock in the morning. Two o'clock in the morning. I was like, <laughs> and like oh, one more thing, one more thing, Pat, one more thing. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but we had a great time. But it was a beautiful thing in our exchange to see that. The more we spoke and the more we, we exchanged, there's really no gap between us other than age. And um, I learned some stuff that hopefully they learned some stuff. And so in this conversation that I want to begin today, I want to begin with this statement. Follow quickly with me. God loves many people, all right? God loves many people, but not all people God loves are his friends. I'm going to say that again. God loves many people, but not all people God loves are his friends. Turn to the person next to you and ask him, are you God's friend? I want you to go with me to Acts chapter 13 this morning. Acts chapter 13 this morning, verse 22, and we're going to read together. And I want to give you some examples of friendship according to God in the Bible. Are you ready? Here we go. 
But God removed Saul. Saul happened to be the very first king of Israel, right? He was the first king of Israel. God had removed Saul because he was no longer pleased with his leadership. And so God moved Saul and replaced him with with David, a man about whom God said. God said this about David. He said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after, after my own heart. And then he says, he will do everything that I want him to do. Now, many people that, have, uh, that read the Bible and have some, some form of uh, knowledge of scripture and history uh, will take this phrase about David's heart and how this heart was after God's own heart, this phrase to make it a standard about his morality. But if you know the story of David, you know that his morality wasn't his strong suit. David was jacked up. Like he was really jacked up. And, and, and we see in scripture that God loved David as a, the next king of Israel. God loved his heart. And God even thought him to be, in his eyes, qualified to be a king over his predecessor Saul. But even still, God never called David his friend. Never called him his friend. Yeah, take that one in. Let me give you another one. Numbers chapter 12. Chapter 12. We're going to go to verse 6 and 8. And the Lord said to them, and he was speaking to uh, Mary and to Aaron. And these are, they're all siblings of Moses. And Aaron and Aaron and Mary had gotten a little cocky because God was working through them. And so they were getting a little cocky with everybody else. And, and they were kind of like, oh, God uses us. He uses us too. He don't just use, I mean, it's not just Moses who's called. Uh, he, we do miracles too. We do stuff too. We may not split the sea or stuff like that. But hey, man, we, he, he uses us. And so they were talking behind their brother's back. I'm glad my siblings don't do that. <laughs> They've never done that behind but they did that to, they did that to uh, Aaron. I'm sorry, they, uh, Aaron and Mary were doing that to Moses. And then God jumps in. And I want you guys to know, but if you're ever talking about somebody, God is there. Like he's there. So he's, he's listening. He's paying attention. He hears you. Right? He's, the, he's there. And listen to what God responds um, to Aaron and to Mary. He says, and the Lord said to them, now listen. To what I say. If there were prophets among you, I, the Lord, will reveal myself in, in, this is it, in visions. And I would speak to them in dream. But not with my Moses. Of all my house, he is And then what he say about Moses? He said, I speak to him face to face, clearly, 
not in riddles. He sees the Lord as he is. God said that. Man, ain't that something? He just snapped it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, y'all think y'all hot stuff? Well, this to you guys, I talk in dreams and visions, but to that dude, I talk to him face to face. God spoke to Moses face to face. God handed Moses handwritten tablets. They were handwritten by God himself. And then he hands them and he hands them to Moses. God did mighty miracles through the hands of Moses. And, and Moses was the only man in the history of scripture to see the form of God. God himself defended Moses like a friend, but God never called Moses his friend. God called Moses his servant. Take that one in. See, just because a person is being used mightily by God, it doesn't mean that they are qualified to be God's friend. Let me say that again. Just because a person is being used mightily by God, it doesn't mean that they are qualified to be God's friend. All too often, because we see men and women being used by God, we think, oh my goodness, he is in grace with God. See, when a man or a woman is being used by God, they are but a simple vessel. That they are chosen by God for a unique purpose and an aim by God, but this use doesn't always mean that they themselves are anything divine. And we have to stop making men and women divine just because they're being used by God. I tell you all of the time, I am far, 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 far from divine. I will tell you, far. I am just as jacked up as, as, as you are. <laughs> especially, especially the Coopers. I'm just... But I want you to listen to this. <laughs> They're not here. Are they here? Where? Oh, there, there they go. <laughs> Let me give you one last one. Let me give you one last one. And, and if you come from a Catholic background, this, this, this is important for you. Luke chapter 1. This is the angel Gabriel. The angel Gabriel. The Bible says, chapter 1, verse 28, that Gabriel appeared to her. He's speaking about Mary, the mother of Jesus. And he appeared to her and he said, he said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Other manuscripts add and says, blessed are you among women. Blessed are you among women. Now, one could quite make a compelling argument that if someone is a friend of God, it would have to be Mary, who God himself chose over every other woman in the world for such an assignment as being the bearer of our Lord and Savior Jesus. And arguably, God loved and highly favored Mary, the mother of Jesus, but not even Mary did he call her his friend? He never did. It is very possible to love someone and not be his or her friend. Let me say that again. It is very possible to love someone and not be his or her friend. You can love your children and you're going to learn that as they grow, you're not always their friend. 
Any parents know what I'm talking about? Huh? Any parents know what I'm talking about? You're not always their friend, and mostly they don't want to be your friend. Especially when they're growing up under your roof. They don't want to be your friend. Hector's here. I you ask Hector. <laughs> Many people and parents especially lose themselves in parenting because they fall under some assumption that they have to compromise their parenting assignment for friendship. And when your children are in your home, they're in your home for parenting, for the parenting assignment that's been given to you by God. You have been given an assignment to parent, not be their friends. As a father of uh, four amazing kids, I can tell you that genuine and sincere friendship with your children happens in adulthood, not childhood. I remember, and now that he's here, I'm just going to point him out. When Hector was in the house, he always wanted to leave the house. Like he was always talking about leaving the house, 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 until finally he left the house. He left the house. And after he left the house, he got himself situated, started doing life. And then Becky and I, like we didn't see him for a while. We'd check up on him. And and then and one weird day, he just kind of said, hey man, what you doing? I said, I'm just chilling at the house. He goes, hey, you mind if I stop by? I said, sure. Cool, stop by. Of course. And then he comes to the house, and it was like in the afternoon, I was doing a little project in the house, and it was just the two of us in the house. And then so I sat down on one sofa. He sat on the other one, and just looking at each other. <laughs> and he was fidgety, and I'm like, oh, so you got something to say? I mean, what's going on, man? Like, no. Just want to come by. I'm like, oh, what? Wait a minute. It's a Friday. You mean to tell me that on a Friday, on your day off, you just want to come to hang out and just to say hello? And it's weird. And, and, and it's weird because you'll, you'll learn in adulthood, you'll learn that your true and genuine friendship with your children happens, happens in adulthood. Why? Because it's all going to click once they're on this side of your parenting. But see, if you're always parenting and always cuddling and always parenting and always cuddling, you will never give them the opportunity for them to develop and exercise and put into use all of the lessons you've provided for them under your roof. So all of your life, they just, they're just babies. So you end up with a 30 and a 40 and a 50 year old baby. And I know there's a there's a few parents that know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, got quiet in here. Got weird in here. In the same way, you may love your pastor, you may love your brothers and sisters in the church, and in the same way, they may not be your friends. Is there anyone understanding that, that difference? Now, I'm not trying to start anything here with spouses, but I want to talk to the spouses quick, real quick. Even in marriage, you're going to find that at times, and it shouldn't be so, but there are couples that are married that share intimacy with one another. But they themselves aren't friends to each other. 
they often find themselves having to rely on outside friendships of their marital covenant to share what they can't share with their spouse. Pause. <laughs> Take that in. Friendliness is common. Friendliness is common in the way we move about in our society. It, it's very common. Um, as a pastor, I, I meet a lot of people all of the time. And so you kind of, you learn to be friendly. You're friendly with, with everyone. But not everyone is your friend. I hope I'm not offending anybody. But uh, I, I can tell you, I, I can tell you that friendliness is something that we all exercise. It's commonly seen and expressed in how we treat people. But friendship is seen when we can love beyond the expectations of the bond between two people. We can love beyond that bond. Friendliness is a manifestation of an inner desire to, cre to create this peaceful and enjoyable environment. Uh, one is using everything in internally to navigate everything that's around us externally. What we do in friendship, true and lasting friendship is built upon the connection of soul, mind, and spirit. There's a bond that happens in spirit, in soul, in mind. Regardless of what is happening in your environment around you, in true friendship, what you feel internally is unchanged. Let me give you an example. Several years ago, about two, three years ago, church had gotten together. I know the the um, I know um, Lonnie was there, and and there was a group of other uh, leadership. Doctor Gladys was there. Minister Reese was there. Um, so a group of people wanted to surprise Becky and myself with 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 a gift. And um, this was during COVID. Uh, we had shut down. Eleven months we were in this building, but we couldn't use the building. And so all of the renovations and the work that we had done, they wanted to do something special for us. Some, it was just a special surprise. They wanted to do something special. And they were trying to get us to come to the church. But because as, you know, you're a pastor, you know, all, you know what's happening. You know, you know your ins and out. So it's, hard to, it's, it's really hard to make up some stories to really get you out to surprise you. It just it don't work. Emmy has tried it. Many people, they've tried it. Just, it just doesn't work. And, um, and so George thought it'd be a great idea. <laughs> Guys, this was a prank. Um, again, this was a prank. It did not happen, but this was his greatest idea. And what shocked me was that the rest of the team thought it was a great idea. <laughs> and this was his idea. What if I tell the pastor that I did something wrong in my marriage? And then I tell him that I have to speak to him because I don't know what to do and what my next, my next step should be. So I just make up this big lie and I tell the pastor that I just messed up in my marriage. What do you guys think? And Dr. Gladys was like, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> and, and everyone agreed. Fantastic idea. So my friend from eight years old, we have been friends eight years old, right? I have, and I've shared this story with you guys, how we met. But since we were eight years old, we've been friends. My friend calls me 
And he goes, hey, man, what's up, Jay? How you doing? I'm doing good. He goes, bro, I got to talk to you. And he said, man, I messed up. And I'm used to hearing that from George, you know? He's jacked up. <laughs> like, bro, I messed up. I'm like, what's going on? He goes, I, I really messed up bad. I did something. I did something out of my marriage. I'm ashamed. I'm embarrassed. And I need to, I really need to talk to you about this. I'm like, you did what? And he was, you know, he went into detail about the stuff that happened. And I was so, <laughs> I was disappointed. I was insulted. I was all of those things. And I remember I hung up the phone and Becky's not here to corroborate the story, but, but, but she remembers. I, I, said, I said, I can't believe him. What a disappointment. After all this time we spend together, I don't know what he's thinking he's going to get out of me, but I'm telling him I'm going to rip right into him. Rip right into him. I'm going to rip right into him. And he said, can I meet you at 7 o'clock and everything? And we drove down, and I drove down. And I bring all of this story because Becky and I, we were upset. We were tired, hungry. I was just, I was upset. And as I'm driving down, I remember when I pulled in the, the main road here, here on Corporate Commons, this fool of a friend of mine, <laughs> to make things worse, was sitting out on the doorsteps. Dramatic. And, and see, I sat at a distance, I sat at a distance, and as I'm driving in, I, I remember that as I looked at him, I was angry, I was disappointed, I, I was, I was just so, I just want, I was just, I was disgusted by what he had shared with me, <laughs> really was. I, guys, I take marriage real serious, and, and when he said what he said, I was like, man, I was, I was upset. But then at a distance as I looked at him, I looked into my friend's eyes, and he's a great actor. <laughs> Denise, be careful, he's a great actor. <laughs> and I looked into his eyes, and my heart was moved to mercy and compassion when I saw my friend. And my heart was moved, and I was angry, and all of the anger, the disappointment, the dis everything that I had inside just came crumbling and I told Becky, I said, hey, man, change your plan. <laughs> change your plan. And I grabbed Becky, and I held her by her hand. I said, how you doing? I held him out there all dramatic. <laughs> We're going to get through this. We're going to get through this, bro. We'll chat about this. He was, come inside, come inside. Becky was emotional. She didn't know how to act. I told her, don't you cry. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't show him that. It's weakness. Don't show him that. And then we walked in through here, and then we opened the door, and hey, surprise! <laughs> Wait a minute. You guys are all colluding in this thing? And like, I looked at Dr. Gladys and disappointed. I'm not going, that's what you guys picked? <laughs> Out of all things, that's what you, that was the, and, <laughs> Now, it, it did work. But I say that and I bring that up is because my heart was saying something. And in friendship, this is what true friendship does. See, your heart could muster a lot of things inside and you could say, you know what? I'm angry. This is how I feel. And you feel like yeah, I'm going to be, you know, despite the resentment, all of those things start just, just festering inside. But then when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you in true and genuine friendship, you could look beyond all of those things. 
I forgave him. I did. I forgave him after I slapped him about two, three times. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's what you guys can come up with. But see, a true friend is a person or persons that we consider always present in heart, in mind, and in spirit, especially when they're absent. You just don't need them to be present in the room to be connected. Yeah, you better say it's good. <laughs> See, nothing can define a true friendship better than the relationship between Jonathan and David. Let me give you this, and we'll be wrapping up pretty close, uh, pretty quickly. First um, Samuel chapter 18. Listen, listen to these guys, and their relationship defines friendship. Now it came about when he had finished speaking to Saul. And this is King David, but this is King David before he was, he was even um, uh, the, the, the acting king. He was just a musician. And King David, all right, the musician had been summoned by the king to move into the castle because he was a bad boy. I mean, he could really play that harp, all right? He could really play that harp. And so he was a funky harp player. And because it was that good, it really brought relief to the spirit of Saul, who was demon-possessed. Um, and so when David would strum the harp, he'd get free. He'd get peace. And so now he was summoned into the palace and this is the conversation. The Bible says that now it came about when he had finished speaking to Saul that the, that the soul of Jonathan is the son of the king. Jonathan is the rightful successor to the throne. The rightful, this is it. You're next in line. All right. What's the, with the, with King Charles, what's the son's name? William, I know you guys would know that. All right, William. <laughs> well, William, he is the William, all right? And, you know, William is hanging out because he's next to be king, all right? Harry just knew, like, you know what, man? I'm just going to bail out of here by the time I get up there. <laughs> Took my dad 70 years, you know, so. Anyway, so the brother is next to line, and this is Jonathan. And Jonathan, the Bible says that the soul of Jonathan was what? Was knit to the soul of David in friendship there's a connection that happens past anything else and it goes right into your soul true and genuine friendship does that and and the Bible says that Jonathan loved him talking about David as himself see true friendship in the eyes of God is about two or more souls that are being knit together in all areas of the being Jonathan loved David so much. Jonathan loved David so much as his friend that he knew that David was the rightful successor to the kingdom. When Jonathan got to know David and he saw the work of God in David's life, he knew that he would be the rightful successor to the kingdom instead of himself. He knew that and he never ever held it against his friend he was never jealous. He never felt threatened. He never tried to undermine him. In fact, Jonathan defended him and protected him from his very own father. David and Jonathan's love ran deep. It ran deep. It was so deep 
that these are the words of now King David when both King Saul and the son Jonathan perished in war. This is what he said. These are the words when they were both killed. 2 Samuel chapter 1, verse 26. These are his words. I... No, the next one. Second Samuel? You don't have it? It's okay if you don't. It's okay. Second Samuel, chapter 1, verse 26. If you guys could get it up, it's fine. If not, don't worry. I, I'll read it here. But he said, I am, I am distressed. I am distressed. And I know that there was a note not to put it up. But it's because I didn't want the Spanish one put up. That's what I wanted. Not the Spanish one. I wanted the English one. But it's okay. It's okay. But he said, I am distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. What did he call him? What did he call him? My brother Jonathan, you have been very pleasant to me. Your love to me is more wonderful than the love of women. Yeah, clear your throat. That's what he said. And, and it is so, and, and because I'm, 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 I'm Puerto Rican, right? I want to read it to you from the, the, the Spanish Bible. Because in the translation, there are some differences. And then I will translate it. But I want to read it. I want to read it from the, the Spanish Bible. And this is the same scripture, but this is out of the Spanish Bible. And this is, this is what it says. Angustia tengo por ti, Jonathan, hermano mío. Cuán dulce fuiste conmigo. Más maravilloso me fue tu amor que el amor de las mujeres. Yeah. In Spanish, see, y'all should have taken Spanish in high school. I wouldn't know what I said. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to leave you with that. But this is what he said. Your love to me is sweet. More sweet than the love of women. Now, I want you to call your boy today. <laughs> and say, hey, hey, Brian, I just want you to know, bro. Hey, Brian, bro, you just want to say, man, your love is sweet to me. <laughs> Angelo! Angelo! <laughs> Angelo, Deanna's there. She ain't there. Hey, man, I got something to say to you. Hey, Angelo, I got something to say to you, Angelo. Hey, man, go to the back of the room. Yo, man. Yo, man. Yo, man. Your love is sweet. Stop. Now, you took it. See what I'm saying? Some people. Some people. Some people, man. All right. And see, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you about George. His love to me has been sweet. And and when my father passed away, I could look to no one else 
than the way that I looked at my brother when he was there for me and he was there for my mom and he was there for my sister and he was there for my brother and, and the way he handled things he jumped in and my father and George loved each other and they were friends and they did George I know George loved him but he put all of that stuff aside and in, and in the moment that we as a family had to make one of the hardest decisions in our lives it was George that I would be able to turn to and say, I need you to handle this. Can you do this for me, George? Can you, man, and this guy did it. And then not only did it do it for, uh, with me with my dad, but even when my mother passed away, he was the first person I could call to say, hey, George, I, I need you, man. And, and so I can say, and I know exactly what it means to have the love of another person. And you can say, it is a sweet love. It's, it's sweet past anything else. In fact, it is so sweet that even my kids sometimes don't understand it. They don't get it. And I go, that's just my, that's just my boy. He's sweet. <laughs> sweet love. And see, we're living in a time where people, people are just so fixated with how many followers they have and they include those and they, and they count those and consider those to be friends. And in reality, man, you are so blessed and lucky if you get one in the world. Just one. Just one. You're blessed if you get one. But if you if you have two or three, my goodness, what a blessing it is to have to have friends. You know, the Bible calls friends even better than siblings. That's scripture, guys. Yes. And this is why this whole month, this is why this whole month we want to emphasize friendship in church. Because I know there, there are many people that are here that this is not their country of origin. And I know that they've transferred over from different places. And now you're here and you may feel, you know, like you may be alone. And to hear the connections that we hear about, like, no, I've connected with that person. I've connected with this person. And that's my sister. No, that's my brother. And, that, and that's a beautiful thing. But that happens in the body of Jesus Christ. That's his kingdom. That's what the community of the church is all about. In the Bible, God loves so many people that he considered to be his children. But God himself only called one person in the Bible, one person he calls in the Bible a friend. The man that we will consider today, Jesus, the son of God, referenced him. And he was in a heated debate between temple priests and the religious teachers and the the doctors of law of that time of religious law and they're having this debate about being truly free through jesus and this is this is what came up as we were wrapping up john 8 39 our father abraham and these are these are the religious folk of that time uh the temple priests and this is what they're saying to Jesus as they're debating back and forth. Our father is Abraham. They declared, and Jesus jumps in, no. Can you imagine that you go, my dad is, who? and he goes, no. And that's what Jesus goes. He goes, no. For if you were really the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. That was Jesus. Next, is there another part to this? No? Okay. What does he mean by follow his example? 
Galatians chapter 3, verse 7 says, this is what, it says that if the real children of Abraham then are those, are those, so the, and we have all of these new movements with the new, the, the new Israelites and the, the sons and daughters of Abraham, the true, and, and, and it's all about ancestry and, 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 and Galatians. The apostle Paul says that the true, the real children of Abraham are those who put their Puerto Ricans, Mexicans, Colombians, Dominicans, Haitians, Russians, just go down the line. You put your faith in God, you are a son, a daughter of Abraham. Jesus points to Abraham as an example for us to follow, for us to imitate. And next week, I want to go into these, I want to go into what exactly did God see and find in Abraham that it was Abraham alone that he was able to say, that's my friend. That's my buddy. That's sweet love right there. But for us today and for us this morning, I want you to consider these few questions. I want you to stand to your feet with me. There was a moment in the relationship between Jesus and his disciples where Jesus tells his disciples, you are no longer, you are no longer slaves, but you are now friends. You are my friends. One would end up denying him. Another one betrayed him and sold him. But Jesus still called him his friends. So my question to you, number one is, can you call God his can you call God your friend? And can God call you his friend? Or are you okay with just being a daughter or a son? I've said this before. As a parent, it is very possible to have children and love your children and still not be their friends. So my question to you, your heavenly father, is he just a heavenly father or can you call him a friend and can he call you his friend? Number two, am I complacent in my relationship with God simply knowing that he loves me or do I want to take my relationship to the next step and say I want to be a friend of God? I want to be his friend. I want to be his friend. Lastly, Can I be a friend in the way Abraham was a friend as I follow his example? So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes right there where you are. Close your eyes, close your eyes right there where you are. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.